Appreciate y'all being here today. I want to introduce our, our guest speaker today. Uh, y'all know Rick Somerville, who comes and fills in on occasion uh, for me. And this is the uh, that you've heard me talking about because, you know, we're all three school teachers, and the Lord has somehow called us into the ministry out of all that. So Rick and I, you know, we're still teaching, and I've always said, told Brock that he definitely wins the faith contest if it's a contest because he just... He let go of his job and just put it on faith that God was going to work it out. And I'm like, man, alive, you got a lot more faith than I've got. Um, but he is now um, working with family life, and he's going to come on up and tell you um, more about it. So as you guys, uh, as he comes up, give him a hand. Make it last long enough so that, you know, it's not awkward from there to here, you know. Thank you, brother. Well, it's great to be here. Um, as we pulled up, the wind was blowing pretty hard, and I apologize for my windswept look right now. I uh, can't quite get my hair to lay down, but uh, I guess I've been on this campus a couple of times. I used to coach cross country at Liberty High School and at Daniel High School, and uh, I think my first time here was about 10 years ago for a cross country meet, and I think I've been for a couple of uh, track meets as well. But as Adam mentioned, uh, my wife and I have taken the um, I guess you could say a leap of faith to uh, trust God as we go into full-time ministry. We're definitely excited about that. Uh, it's an honor and privilege to serve God in full-time ministry. And to be quite frank about it, we don't really see ourselves as doing anything really out of the ordinary. Uh, when you really look at the Bible and what Jesus did and what God did, he has called a lot of ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And we're just trying to be faithful to that. We're just trying to be obedient to that as we serve Christ. Um, really, to be quite frank about it, we're just common people on a common journey. And let me explain that just a little bit. Uh, we strive to uh, serve God daily, but we constantly fail. We are just like you. We are sinful, messed up people. But the good news is, is that we serve a patient God who offers forgiveness to all who ask for it. We are not really doing anything all that great, in man's eyes anyway, by serving God as full-time missionaries. You know, many people that we share with, they said they could never do what we're doing. And yes, we did walk away from our, I guess what you would call, secure full-time jobs to serve God in full-time ministry. And that may seem extreme by today's standards, but as I've already mentioned, Jesus did that over and over again. You look at the 12 disciples. He called them away from their careers. Numerous people in the Bible you read about, he called them to full-time ministry away from what they've been doing. So really what we're doing is no different than what God's called many people to do. He, and he's called many missionaries over the years to do what we're doing as well. But one thing I want to leave with you right here at the very beginning is, regardless of whether God calls you to be a full-time missionary, a pastor, to work as a teacher, a mechanic, an engineer, to be a stay-at-home mom, or any other, what we would call, normal profession, we as followers of Christ are all on a common journey. God wants to use all of us to show the world who he is. So in that standpoint, we're not doing anything special. We're just trying to show the world who Christ is through what God's called us to do, and hopefully you're doing the same thing through whatever God's called you to do, no matter where you're working at, no matter where you're living at, no matter what you're doing there. So I hope as we share about the mission God has called my wife and I to, you'll be encouraged to actively engage 
in the mission he has designed for you and you alone to accomplish. Before I share with you how, uh, a little bit more about what God's called us to do, I want to kind of set you up with a little short video. This video will give you an overview of the ministry of family life, kind of give you an idea of what we're doing, what we're going into, and then I'll share some uh, words after that. So the first little video, if you'll go in and cue that up. I had finally succeeded in burning it all down. You know, my, my wife, um, my career, my relationship with my son, you know, the beautiful home we had built together, it just, it was just gone. Raising kids today is so hard. When your parents separate, it makes you feel confused and, um, and scared and just... A strong marriage is the foundation of a strong family. What happens in your marriage today impacts your children and generations to come. I didn't travel four or five hours to see my daddy. Why did, why, why, how come you and mommy can't be together? He says, you're just a little too young to know. It just breaks my heart and it just feels really sad. No kids ever like it. No family will ever be any stronger than this relationship right here. It is this commitment that really is the headwaters of the, the stream called family. Over the past three decades, family life has been leading a marriage movement that started in the U.S. and has spread around the globe, helping over two million people in over 100 countries. What we didn't realize is, is what every family needs just the tools and the resources, the truth and the hope that family life offers to, to couples like us who are struggling. Family life has helped countless people reach a turning point in their marriages so that every home might be a godly home. Honestly, it's made my parents a, like so much stronger. It has just enriched the family dynamic uh, to no end. Yeah. Oh, thanks, bud. Family life. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow. Well, Courtney and I are very excited to be serving as missionaries with Family Life, which is the Marriage and Family Ministry of Crew or Campus Crusade for Christ. You may have heard of that missionary organization before. And before I share with you how God calls us into ministry, I'd like to paint a picture of the current state of the family here in America. I doubt it's news to you that families in the United States are under attack. Pope John Paul II said this, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. The attack on the family is nothing new. Satan began his all-out war on the family in the Garden of Eden when he convinced Adam and Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit, and he has not let up since. That sneaky serpent placed doubt in their minds when he said, Did God really say? And he still does that today. If we don't continually renew our minds by studying God's word, we will fall into the same trap as Adam and Eve. Our modern culture faces many challenges. For example, more than 30% of all marriages end in divorce today. 
Now, you may be more familiar with the 50% divorce rate stat. The good news on that is that's always been a projection. The actual divorce rate has never reached 50%, thankfully. But still, 30% is way too high. Another stat for you, 40% of all children in the U.S. are born to single moms. It's the highest it's ever been. 40% of all children are born to single moms. And we have yet to see the implications of this trend. 70%, of all prisoners grew up without a father or a father figure in their lives. Regardless of what our society says, fathers are important. Children need both mamas and daddies. Children of single parents are more likely to use drugs, be sexually active, join gangs, drop out of school, or live in poverty. Now, all of these things also happen to children from married parent households, but they occur at a much higher rate in single parent households. And technology has made it very easy to be exposed to and become addicted to all forms of immorality. We can conveniently enjoy our secret addictions from the screen of our choice. It has never been easier to indulge in sin. As a side note, I used to teach middle school uh, students. And I can't imagine being a middle schooler right now and the easy access to all of these things that are immoral, that are quote-unquote sinful. That, uh, you know, we need to be praying for our young people because they are faced with things that if you're my age or older that we just didn't face growing up. And so just keep that in mind. And all this technology has robbed us of quality time with our family and friends. You know, most of these time-saving inventions have done nothing more than provide unnecessary distractions in an already busy world. But the good news is there is hope. We serve a God who is in the life and culture-changing business. It's our desire at Family Life to equip families to engage in meaningful, productive, and godly relationships. The ministry of Family Life exists so that God can work in and through us to help others understand, experience, and proclaim God's truth on marriage and family. Now, my wife and I, we've always had a passion for the family, but God began this process of calling us into full-time ministry about two years ago. We had the opportunity to attend one of Family Life's events called a Weekend to Remember. This is a weekend marriage getaway that couples can go to to get re-energized, refocused, and really just quite frankly to learn how to have a godly marriage and how to have a godly family. And this was truly a memorable weekend for us. Our relationship with each other grew more on that short weekend, we're talking a Friday night through about midday Sunday, than it had in our previous 11 years of marriage combined. That's really embarrassing to say. But we, we live in a society that we're busy, things always get in the way, and that kind of happened to us. You know, other things had gotten in the way. And so that weekend was a great weekend of focus for us to learn what God really said about marriage, to learn what the priorities are in life. And here's another thing. That was our first marriage event we had ever attended since premarital counseling. Now, 11 years is a long time to go without doing some sort of maintenance. You know, our marriage relationships, and really all relationships, need consistent maintenance. You've got to pour into those for them to be 
a good relationship. You know, if we treat our automobiles or our homes with the same neglect that we often treat our marriages and our families, our cars will leave us stranded on the side of the road, and our homes would have holes in them, the roofs be falling in. So there's really not a big shock for most of us why some marriages are falling apart, why a lot of marriages fall apart, is because of that neglect. We are not taking time to reconnect. We are not taking time to learn what God says about marriage. We often take our marriages for granted. We often take our families for granted. And the ministry of family life is to teach families, to teach couples how to live out God's plan for marriage and family. At that weekend conference, we learned about a concept called drift. Kind of like if you untie a boat from the dock, what's it going to do? It's going to slowly drift away from the dock. A lot of couples experience that in their relationship. Get married, all the great times are going on. But then over time, that husband and wife slowly drift apart. They don't stay connected, don't stay focused. And we were experiencing that drift in our lives. Now, we weren't on the verge of divorce. We weren't arguing and fussing all the time. We let other stuff get in the way. One thing was my coaching. I was gone a lot. I'd be coaching on the weekends, coaching cross-country and track. That's a lot of weekend stuff going on right there. So, I mean, I'd be working on average six days a week, teaching all day long, coaching in the evenings, then being gone on the weekends as well. So I was gone a lot. And then the other thing that was kind of causing our drift was we had a young son. Our son's four and a half now, but he was in that one- to two-year-old age range when we, were, when we first attended this weekend event. And just like infant children, they do pull you away from your spouse. You have to be intentional about spending time with your spouse if you're raising a young child. And so those things were kind of going against us a little bit. But the great thing is, when we went to that weekend marriage event, we were able to reprioritize our lives. We were able to to actually, for the first time, sit down and think about what is the most important thing or what should be the most important thing. And this is the order that we learned it should be. God first, spouse second, children third, And then everything else can sort it out based upon your own priorities. You know, we should love God more than anything else. That may be tough to handle. I should love God more than my wife. I should love God more than my children. Yes, we should. Your spouse, if you're married, should be your next greatest love. I mean, I should love my spouse over my children. Yes, you should. Doesn't mean you don't love your children, but you should love them more. A lot of couples get that mixed up. A lot of couples actually elevate their children to almost being a god. This day of sports programs, all kinds of things, we're running around everywhere, putting our children on a pedestal that's way up here. For some of today, you might need to think about your priorities. Are your children ruling your life, or is God ruling your life? That was us at one point. So you're not out of the ordinary if that's you. That is the American normal. It's for children to have a high focus, high priority like that, above God and above your relationship with your spouse. So it might be something you just need to go home and ponder on and think about a little bit. Some other things that we learned at that weekend marriage event is that marriage is a 100% commitment. A lot of people go into marriage more as a 50-50 performance-based relationship. But if it's going to work, both spouses must give 100%. It's not about performance. It's about love. 
the she didn't do it, so I'm not going to do this type of attitude will quickly destroy a marriage. Instead, the response should be, I'm giving my all whether or not my spouse does. I'm going to give 100%. And usually what happens, if one spouse is not giving 100% and the other starts giving 100% effort, that tends to motivate and encourage the other spouse to put more into the marriage, to have a stronger relationship. I want to remind you that love is an action. Whether or not you're married right now, I want you to think about the words from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And are you living out these words? So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 states this. Love is patient. Now, probably most of us could stop right there and have to reprioritize our lives. Love is patient and kind. Did you wake up this morning being patient and kind with your family? I don't every morning. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. That might have stepped on a few toes. I know it does mine. Sometimes I demand my own way. That sin nature gets in the way. It is not irritable. Maybe for some of you, maybe after your coffee, you're not irritable. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So remember, love is an action, not a feeling. Another thing that we learned at that weekend event is that your spouse is not your enemy. Isn't it sad that we'll go out of our way to be nice to some stranger at Walmart or in the grocery store or out pumping gas or whatever? We'll be as nice as can be to those people. And then we get home, and we'll just nitpick like crazy, fussing and jawing back and forth and getting each other's nerves. Your spouse is not your enemy if you're married. Your children are not your enemy if you have children. Let's keep things in the right perspective. I know a lot of times we'll put our guard down with our families and we'll be you know, a little meaner with each other. That's not how God intended it. Think before you speak. As you can see, God was teaching us a lot of different things to strengthen our marriage, but he wasn't done that weekend. God started moving our hearts. I knew he was up to something, but I just didn't know what it was at first. I had never felt a call into ministry. And my dad's a pastor. I grew up in the church as a PK, pastor's kid. And to be quite frank about it, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to that. And it can be tough being a pastor. You know, you, people are messy. I'm messy. We're all messy. And so there's a lot of tough stuff that goes on if you're a pastor helping and counseling and those sort of things. And so maybe subconsciously I was running from ministry. I can't say that for certain. But this weekend was the first time I felt God speaking to my heart, saying, I want you to do something different. I want you to serve me full time. And that was pretty scary. Over the course of about seven months, God confirmed that calling. And we accepted the call to be full-time missionaries back in September of 2013. It's been a very exciting adventure. It has been very scary at times. I don't know about the whole faith award thing uh, because we've had a lot of doubts at times as well. It's kind of like, God, can we do this? And I'll be real frank about it. God's always come back and said, no, you can't, but I can through you. There's a lot of stuff that we can't do, but God can through us. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be his servants, trying to be used by God to do what he's called us to do. So let me share a little bit with you about family life, what it's all about. 
we base our ministry on four core biblical messages. First is your personal walk with God. One thing that really excites me about the ministry of crew, Camp Straight for Christ, or Family Life, I'll use those terms interchangeably, is a passion to share Christ with everyone. Crew's mission is for every person in the world to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Every person in the world to have the opportunity to hear the gospel. Do you have that same passion? I haven't always. I used to kind of be stuck doing my own thing, focus on myself, had my own life insurance, fire insurance, whatever you want to call it, from going to hell, and I wasn't really thinking that much about other people. Our passion, our mission here on earth is to share Christ with the people, and we're so excited we serve with a missionary organization that that is their ultimate passion to do that. Our live and DVD events that we put on to minister to families and marriages intentionally share the good news about Christ with all in attendance. Now, I didn't be remiss today if I did not share God's free gift with you. At least it's free for us. It wasn't free for him. He paid the penalty on the cross. Let me read Romans 6.23 to you real quickly. It says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin. You go to work, you earn wages. You expect to be paid, right? I go to work for whoever. I expect them to pay me what I deserve. But guess what? The wages of sin, all the bad stuff we do, all the things that we do that doesn't obey God's word, is death. We deserve death. But the great news is that God has given us a free gift. That's eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? If not, I plead with you, I beg you, don't leave here today without chatting with Adam, myself, or anyone else who loves the Lord. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. Next thing is a marriage covenant. We at Family Life teach that the marriage relationship is a covenant relationship between husband, wife, and God. God intended marriage to be a lifelong commitment between husband and wife. Today, though, many couples make a mockery of marriage and treat it more like a contract. Once one party breaks the agreement, then it's null and void. It's over. You know, with no-fault divorce here in America and all those other things, it's made it very easy to end a relationship. We so quickly forget our vows of for better or worse, richer or poorer, health and sickness, until death separates us. But we do also understand that we live in a fallen world, a sinful world, and as a result of that sin, couples will separate and will divorce. Thankfully, God is waiting to forgive all of their sins. He can forgive us of all those sins, even a sin of divorce that uh, you may have gone through. So we're so thankful for that. The next thing, the next core message is your role in the family. God created men and women differently. Equal, but different. Husbands and wives, men and women, boys and girls, all have different roles in the family. It is our responsibility as parents in the church to teach these roles and to live them out as best we can. As a reminder of that, I want to read Deuteronomy 6, 5, and 7 to you. Many families, I'm guilty of that as well, fail to live out Deuteronomy 6, 5, and 7. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. 
So another challenge for you today is as you go throughout this world doing whatever you do, are you intentionally all throughout the day doing your best to share Christ with your family? I haven't always done a good job of that. God's placed that burden on my heart now to do that. I try to intentionally do things to my son, my wife, all throughout the day as we're around each other to talk about God, to learn more about him, to share him uh, with each other. Then the last thing I'll share with you about the uh, core message of family life is your spiritual legacy. We are all going to leave a legacy of some sort. What will yours be? If you understand and implement the first three core messages I just mentioned to you, then a strong spiritual legacy will be the result. You know, what we do right now, as long as the Lord doesn't come back before then, will impact our great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren that we'll never, ever even know. What we do right now, what we do today, tomorrow, over the next few weeks, months, and years, will have an impact on them. What kind of impact are you going to make on those? You, know, you are an ancestor of someone yet to come. Might be something to think about for a while there. Well, the purpose of family life is to provide biblical help and hope for marriages and families. And we do this through all kinds of events, live events like the weekend, remember, that we had a chance to go to. We do it through video-based events that can be done at the church level. We can do a marriage event at a local church. We can do it in a small group setting. We can do things for men and women. We have all kinds of resources to help families learn how to do this thing called life, to help couples learn how to do this thing called marriage and do it in a God-honoring way. I want to share with you two videos that will give you a bit more information about our Art of Marriage, which is for obviously married couples, and our men's study called Stepping Up. So we'll roll those two videos back to back here. I think one of the greatest gifts you can really give to the next generation uh, is faithfulness and fidelity in, in, in marriage. You are ancestors to someone yet to come. Things up a bit, hey kids. <laughs> I expect a husband of mine to be more refined. The thrill is gone. I know the feeling. I was exhausted. This is marriage. There is no whining in marriage. Mm, doesn't it smell fantastic? Dave. I really have lost my feelings for you. We were in an argument, and I grabbed her as hard as I could, and I threw her down on the bed. During my depression, I just uh, did some things that really hurt Tony, hurt him real badly, and, and hurt our marriage. Where does marriage always go wrong? It's when I want the right to set the rules by which this relationship would work. You don't have issues. You are the issue, both of you. Our marriage is uh, the central glue as an institution that is holding civilization together. We are responsible then to turn and to forgive others, even when it's horrendous sin. I want to talk to you, but um, I feel a lot better if you put that knife down. You cannot have a successful marriage 
without the invasion of the supernatural. What the cross promises marriage is fresh starts and new beginnings. There's room every day in every life to demonstrate courage. And courage is the ability to do the hard thing in every circumstance, despite the cost. The number one response I get, I've never done anything courageous. My family is still living, and I'm not a part of it, and I'll never get that back. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that you are the glory of God. What hurts men the most is when they don't have a vision that calls them forth. The guy who's a husband, the guy who's a worker, the guy who's a father, the guy who's single, the guy who's struggling with pornography, struggling with his insecurities, with his fears, his finances. What is the most courageous thing you have ever done? Daddy, thank you for loving us like you did. I am not fixed, but I am not the same guy. We're manning up, aren't we? We're manning up. We're manning up. Men, God's going to call you to do some courageous things. If you don't step up, you're going to fall down. Those two videos showed you a few short clips from our DVD series. Uh, one is a marriage related series, one is a men's study. Uh, if you're interested in those sort of things, let me know afterwards. We'll love to share more of that with you. Uh, those are the things that can be done here at the church level. Another aspect of the ministry is our radio show. You may have caught Family Life Today on the radio before. Uh, Dennis Rain and Bob Lapine are the co-hosts of that. You can listen to that on a daily basis on many local stations. We've also developed many resources that can be used in the home to help train your family. We have different things. Like if you've ever seen the resurrection eggs, it's a little carton of Easter eggs that tell the story of Christ at Easter time. We developed a thing like that that can be used. We also have developed a purity study called Passport to Purity that parents can teach their children how to live pure lives. I used to teach sex ed at the, the middle school level. And I would always say something like this, you know, what I'm about to share with you is a supplement to what your parents have taught you about sexual education. And I would get these looks kind of like, my parents hadn't told me a thing. And uh, sadly, that's true both in the church and out of the church. And we understand that. So we have developed a resource to help you as a parent to teach your child about purity. We'll have to share more about, with you about that later on as well. I have one final video I want to share with you before we wrap things up. So take a look at this and see how family life has changed many families through our ministry. Caleb, 
When two people get married, it's for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. I know that. But marriages aren't fireproof. Sometimes you get burned. In wedding vows today, so often couples say, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. Mm -hmm. But because they're standing there in such a happy moment, they're not thinking sickness, they're not thinking death, they're not thinking poor. Um, because they're not in that yet. They're not in a valley. They're on a mountaintop experience. We walked into marriage with difficulties. And coming from a home where marriage wasn't modeled for me, um, I didn't know how to do marriage. I didn't know what it looked like. I had recently been divorced and then we got married. I looked at life like there needs to be some freedom there for me and Cheryl looked at life like there needs to be a relationship there and the relationship needs to come first. I kept wondering how are we going to get out of this here? Not how are we yeah. going to make it, yeah. but how are we going to get out of it? That first year was terrible for us. Yeah. Our marriage kind of became a a marriage where we were just living in the home together. You know, she was raising our two children, uh, and I was out working, and I'd come home late. I worked basically two jobs, uh, and, and really just didn't have the time for the family. Did you leave me any dinner at all? I assumed you were eating with Michael. Does it not occur to you that there are two people living in this house and both of them need to eat? If you would communicate with me, maybe I could have something for you. Why do you have to make everything so difficult? Well, you know, it wasn't like the storybook. You know, you get married and everything goes happily ever after. I mean, there are many challenges. It was one of those times where we spent nights and nights, you know, talking and crying and arguing and not even coming to any kind of conclusions at all and realizing we just, we can't do it. We can't do it anymore. And we just, there, it didn't feel like there was any hope. I was always worried, like, well, this, this could be the conflict that causes us to get divorced. If, if, it doesn't, if this doesn't get resolved, we could be finished. I knew that our marriage was bad. I knew that it, it had gotten to the lowest point. But to hear the, the finalization of those words, I do not love you. I don't want you. I don't want, sorry, I don't want Madeline. That hurts. Sometimes it takes rock bottom for us to realize what we promised and go back to our promise and, and then to get serious about investing in our marriage and our family and our relationship with God. He had come home and said, hey, I heard this thing on the radio called Weekend to Remember. It's a whole weekend about your marriage. I think it would be great for us to go to. I was like, no, I don't want to go. It's been a whole weekend talking about our marriage. We've been talking about it for the last five years. Our church was promoting Weekend to Remember, and it was really a no-brainer for us. Nobody needed to twist our arm at this point. We really just, we wanted it really bad. I, I didn't want to be there, and I didn't want to hear what they had to say. But I recognized that what they were saying uh, was who I was. Uh, I, I really started to feel like there was some hope. And it was, uh, it was more than just the kind of hope that I had anticipated. It was something that I didn't understand at that point. But we went Friday night and oh wow, it was incredible. We thought we had talked about our marriage for the last five years. We hadn't even hit the surface. The conferences do meet everybody where they are, and they're still great for people that have great marriages, and I think it allows God to take you to a next level. That's what it did for us. Things were going good, and then God said, I want you here. Well, the Weekend Remember is just a great weekend getaway for a couple where you can spend a lot of time together, but you get a chance to spend that time 
uh, around receiving those blueprints from the scriptures of how you can build your marriage. For men, it's an opportunity to tell your wife, you, you mean more to me than anything. Uh, let's spend this weekend together and let's work on our marriage. After we attended the weekend to remember, we didn't just stop there. We became members of the home builders and we began to um, have couples around us that was for our marriage. We knew right then that we were going to start this all new and uh, didn't matter what the path was. It's worth giving the time and the energy and the focus and the attention to making it better, to making it all that God intended for it to be. And as long as you're breathing, there is hope. And yes, there is hope. It's one thing that we're trying to teach through the ministry of family life. You know, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're experiencing right now in your relationships, but there is always hope. As long as there's breath in you, there is hope. There's always an opportunity to change, to make improvements. I'd like to encourage you, if you have not done anything recently to strengthen your marriage, if you're married, make that commitment to get away. Even if it's not through anything that we do, go do something to strengthen a relationship help you become a more godly man and more godly woman. If you're single, do something. Find a group of ladies to support you. If you're a single mom, if you're a single man, you know, find, a, find a good core group of guys that can build you up and support you. Go through a men's study together. Go through a women's study together. We need each other. We need that community to be able to grow the way Christ wants us to grow. So I hope you've gotten a small taste of the ministry of family life and our desire to be used by God to strengthen marriages and families. But here's the reality. We can't do this without you. You can be a part of this life-changing ministry. All missionaries with crew, Campus Crusade for Christ, have the privilege of asking others to partner with us in prayer and financial support. We are responsible for raising 100% of our funding. To date, God has blessed us and has allowed us to raise 70% of our financial support. We'd like to ask you to join with us as we share the life-transforming news of Jesus Christ through the family life ministry, the marriage and family ministry. If you are interested in partnering with us, we have a little contact card that we attached uh, to the program today. You can fill that contact card out, put your name on it, email address, phone number, and you can leave it on the table when you first came in. At. You can leave it on that table on your way out, and we will give you a phone call. We'll follow back up with you and just ask you how God is leading you to partner with us. It may be to partner with us in prayer ministry. You may have questions. You may want to know more about one of these weekend getaways. Put your name down there and let us know. And, uh, we'd, be love, you know, we'd love to share more with you about that, how you can attend one, when the next ones are coming up, that sort of thing. And God may right now be placing on your heart to inquire about helping us out financially. And we'd love to chat with you more about that as well. So we'll follow up with you the next week or two if you complete that card. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to be like a telemarketer. We're not going to call you, you know, and talk to you every week. You know, we'll call you back, chat with you, and whatever God's willing you to do, then that's where we'll go from. But we'll, we'll hang around for a little bit. Uh, Adam, I don't know how you want to close things out. I'll uh, turn that over to you to do so, however God is leading there. All right, thank you. Yeah, we've, as we've been dis discussing few months. Uh, I do just like having him as a resource. You know, I'm kind of, we, we talked, I'm kind of like the general practitioner, but when there's serious problems in the area of marriage, you know, because my counsel is usually, well, you got to, 
and you better start doing that. You know, it's just, that's about all I got. But to have, be able to have him as a resource to send people when they, they, they need help, I'm just glad that we're allowed to partner with him as a church, and I'm thankful that he, he came today and presented to us what it is that, uh, that, that he, he does. So also just next week, um, we will be back to kind of a normal schedule. I'll be back to, to preaching about Jacob's process, part two. If you missed the first one, go back, listen to that one, so be called up for next week. Let's pray, and then you'll be dismissed. Father God, thank you so much. Brock, his, his willingness to, to come and, and share with us what's on his life. And Lord, we, we need you in, in our lives and our marriages. And Lord, I just pray that the, that the men here at Lifeline will, will rise up and be those mighty men of God who do love you and love their wives and love their children in that order. And I just pray that you'll bless uh, us this week as we go about our, our jobs, that Lord will just, everything we'll do, reflect your light and that people will see and see our good deeds and glorify not us, but our Father which is in heaven. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.